welcome back to Start From Chatter. Today we're speaking with Laureen Jordan. I hope I said that correctly. And she is from the SAOU, the South African Teachers Union. And today we're going to be talking to her with George and Vilnali about violence in the education system, specifically in schools and teacher support in schools. Would you like to say hi for us, everyone? Hello. Hi, hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. Okay, Lorraine, I just want to start by asking, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself, the field you work in and what you specifically do? Right. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me to speak to you. So I am currently the Assistant Secretary of the SAOU, that is the South African Teachers Union in the Western Cape office. Uh, the SAOU is one of three trade unions within the education sector in the Western Cape. And the SAOU has approximately 40,000 members in the education sector. So we are a deep-rooted trade union. Union. So we basically work with educators, with your office-based staff, with your support staff at schools, and obviously very uh, specialized in education legislation pertaining to all three groups of people that I mentioned. Yes, so we basically work with educators. We assist them with their service benefits, with appointments, with legal support, obviously that makes up a big part of our services and we assist in disciplinary hearings and arbitrations. And obviously I am also a part of the uh, bargaining sector in the Western Cape, so uh, which is actually nice because this uh, means that I form part of the higher level within the WCED bargaining. So the topic that which we're going to discuss this morning is actually one of the very hot topics within the bargaining sector in the Western Cape. So yes, that's basically in short who I am and what I do. This is so exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. So Noreen, we just recently spoke to the WCED and when it comes to support systems for schools experiencing violence, and we realized that there are so many structures in place that we actually don't know about as pre-service teachers. So out of a union's point of view, what role do they play to support schools and specifically teachers when it comes to violence at the school? Yes, I think the unions play an integral part within the bigger structure as well as to the individual who is a victim of a potential act of violence taking place. But I think what needs to be said is that violence in schools has become a worldwide phenomenon because uh, the rights of the child is uh, paramount and the rights of the educator is, is often diminished. And it's our role to, to make sure that educators know what their rights are. So the current state, and I'm referring to South Africa specifically, it shows us a breakdown in our communities, um, socioeconomic factors playing a big role, moral decay of people. These are all serious factors that directly rolls over to schools and the learners in schools. So it, it is important to say that there is no quick fix and there is no one size fits all. Because if there was, we wouldn't have had this conversation today. So uh, we, our approach is we very much focus on specific situations and then we deal with it accordingly. So it makes it a very wide topic to speak about, but I will really try my best 
basically, I think there will be a two-way uh, approach. And the first approach will be a proactive approach, you know, and that is where the teacher unions, in the broader sense of it, will take hands with, with all stakeholders, uh, of which the WCED is the main one. And we will try and make sure that everyone is kept accountable and everything is in place. So in the broader sense of it, uh, the union like myself uh, from the SOU side, we serve on the Safety at Schools task team. Now, this task team falls under the ambit of the ELRC. Now, the ELRC, maybe you're not aware who they are, but if you are an educator, it's important that you should know. It's the Education Labor uh, Relations Council. So, all bargaining uh, in the education sector takes place under the ELRC. So in each province, for our purposes, the Western Cape, we have different task teams under the ELRC, and that is where we meet quarterly and we discuss the burning issues and, and most important things and try and find solutions. So I serve on the Safety at Schools task team, my colleagues from the other unions, they also serve with me there. We meet quarterly, as I've said, and we discuss the safety at schools and specifically the educator's safety in great length. And we take hands with different stakeholders like law enforcement, SAPs, your neighborhood watches, social services, the walking buses, etc., etc. I can carry on, you know, in order to try and optimize safety at schools. And obviously, we as unions need to keep the stakeholders accountable. So we need it. When we, for example, become aware of a specific school that is really uh, extremely uh, problematic and there's a serious history of violence at the school, obviously we will discuss that specific case and see uh, what we can do. What is very good, which I can bring under your attention, is that over the past 12 months, we have set up a safety protocol, and that was in collaboration with WCD and all the unions. And that safety protocol is something for educators at schools, and that safety protocol actually specifies dealing how educators should deal with incidents of assaults on educators and other staff at school, obviously, the physical safety of employees, the psychological and emotional well-being of employees, educators in this, in this instance, and classroom climate. So it is actually well thought through and deliberated protocol which we have developed and uh, it was finalized in chamber, signed off by chamber and it was shared with educators very recently. So that is actually a document that every educator should actually have when they start teaching. That is a document that they must actually have in hand and they must make sure that they are known with that document. I love you. Yes. So just quickly to interrupt you, um, if you don't mind, is there a possible way that you could share where to find this document for pre-service teachers looking for jobs specifically now in the next month or two? Okay, certainly. I can share, uh, I will share this uh, safety protocol document with you guys uh, after this podcast, after this conversation this morning. I will share it with you. Nearly, I will send it to you and you can just distribute it. All right. So mm -hmm. I will, um, yeah, I will be, do that gladly. Then if we 
we as the SAOU, if we look at it more directly in our day-to-day management of our members, and remember our members are the educators, and when our members come to us and they report to us that there is violence at the school or there was an act of violence against one of them, that is when we become part of, of the process to manage it on behalf of our members. So basically, uh, more directly, what we do is, you know, we do an immense lot of awareness so that educators know their rights, so that they know what they can and cannot, may or may not do, you know. We make sure that our members, that the educators are aware of policies within the school as well as your departmental policies pertaining to safety. And policies within a school that is extremely important for educator, for every educator to know is your access policy. For example, every school should have a policy in place how people from outside access the school grounds. You know, there should be a protocol in place for that. The school should have a safety policy in place. You know, the what ifs. What if when this happens, what what must I do, you know? The school's code of conduct. And there are, are many more policies that, that the educators should know. So we bring that under their attention and make sure that they are very much aware of that. One of the things that every educator should really be aware of is the school's code of conduct. Because the moment there is any level of act of something of a disciplinary nature or an act against an educator. The code of conduct should provide the framework of how that specific situation needs to be dealt with. So um, that will also be one of the first things that educators need to make themselves known to, you know, when they start their teaching career. The whole issue of reporting, and I think I cannot place enough emphasis emphasis on our members and on educators and even um, you guys, uh, while you are still students, you should know the importance of reporting. Often situations occur and the educator just let it um, slide, you know, they do not report. And this is really extremely important. Perhaps I could make mention of a very well-known court case that took place in 2001. And it's a very well-known matter within the education sector, you know. It's the Jacobs versus Rhodes High School court case. Rhodes High School is a school year in, in, in Cape Town. This educator, she was, you know, doing invigilating, in, invigilation um, during an exam. This was in 2008. It was a grade 8 group. And when she uh, approached this boy because um, something was up, she actually saw that he was noting, you know, uh, she noted a death certificate with her name written in his journal. So it was a direct uh, threat. She, she perceived it as a direct threat threat that this boy actually um, stated that he wants to he wants to kill her, whatever, you know, something like that. So what she did was she reported this matter to the principal. She took the learner to the principal. And what did the principal do? He said, okay, he told the boy, okay, right, you sit here in front of my office on the bench until I, I, I get time to deal with you. And the teacher went back to class. And what happened? That child sat there without supervision and he slipped away and he actually went to the class um, where the teacher was, her classroom, and he 
actually attacked her uh, with a hammer. And, um, you know, she received serious injuries, um, head injuries, etc., etc. The long and the short is that she then went to court and it was a matter against uh, the principal in his direct capacity as head of the institution, which is the school, and and also obviously by default the MEC of, of education, who was Donald Grant at that time. And what had happened was that the court actually f- found in her favor and said the reporting was done, but the line function did not see it through. They did not safeguard her uh, safety. And it was found in her favor and she was awarded a million rand in this court case. And then what had happened was the principal and the um, WCD then took this on appeal and also in on appeal, it was not overturned and still remained in her favor. So it is important for me to mention the importance of reporting because that is one tool which an educator has to to, to make sure that her or his safety is protected. Yes, I see uh, we have a hand. Apologies, I just don't want to jump the gun. No, it's Um, a I think in the case of this whole idea on violence in this specific situation now, yes. um, coming from a student's perspective and going into practicals in the next month or so, and obviously for years to come, what do you think would be the first step as a student teacher who's not a permanent staff member at the school? Would you report that to the principal as well? Or is there a different set of rules or steps that you need to follow to ensure um, that the, the yes. matter is handled correctly? Mm. It's actually a very good question. Uh, While you're doing your practical teaching at a school, you know, usually there is an educator that is supposed to be sort of be over the, the students, a reporting educator at the school. If there is not, then obviously the default person will be the principal. So if any act of violence or just a hint of it is directed uh, against a a student at a school, the reporting must, must, must be done. It really is important, you know, because normal reporting uh, within a school is obviously you will go to your principal or your deputy principal, whatever the, 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 the policy within the school is. Then depending on the severity of of the act then further reporting must be done you know to to safe schools um even if it is a student uh, the reporting must also be done at safe schools because what happens is Safe schools actually build a profile for a specific school based on reportings that are being done, uh, that that are being made to them. So really, um, you know, our, our student teachers should be regarded as teachers when it comes to safety um, while they are doing their, their, their practical teaching. I hope this answers your question. Do you perhaps have a follow up question? No, no, definitely. I think it's it's very important to realize as a student, specifically now in, in today's life, that we obviously feel sometimes that you aren't as worthy, if I can put it that way, yes. as an in-service teacher that you're doing your practicals with. And I think you get that feeling from the, the learners and more specifically the majority of the time from um, from other teachers. So if I can just quickly bring some, um, some backstory into it. Last year when I was at my practicals, I tried something completely different when I saw that a class was misbehaving. And to a certain extent, that helped entirely. But from another viewpoint, I think the teacher saw it as me trying to follow her job or doing the thing that Mm. she could not. And that instantly 
showed me what her bad side for this whole situation was yes. to the extent where she completely disregarded my opinions on anything where yes. prior to that scenario, it was going very, very well. Yes. And I think that it's important to realize that even as pre-service teachers, it's very important to, as you said, report these things, even if it's going all the way up to the WCED, if that be yes. the case. And yes. not just stick with protocol, because as you said, what do you do in the case of, let's say you need to report to the headmaster and he just disregards your case, but you honestly feel like it should not be disregarded. What do yes. you do in that case? So I think it's it's important to realize what the the logical steps are if some fail-safe fails, <laughs> if that yes, makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, if the, the school does not do the necessary reporting at WC in, in, in more serious matters, then you should be the one and, and, and you make contact with safe schools and it's easy to get hold of them. You simply Google WCED safe schools, you get all the information details and you do the necessary import, um, you know, reporting. But you're touching on something and, and I'm not 100% sure whether now is the correct uh, forum or time to mention, but I, I do feel it is important you know, I have a big heart for students. I uh, I work very closely with the final year students from CPUT and, and hopefully I will also um, become part of the final year students at the University of Stellenbosch soon. But I really have a heart for them. So what I often make mention to the lecturers at CPUT is I say the schools that are identified as the schools where students are going to do their practice teaching, those those schools must send the names of the tutor teachers or whatever you want to call them, the teachers that will be in charge of the students and receive them. And there should actually be a, a, a basic briefing beforehand done by the tertiary institution, in your case, by one of your lecturers with these educators telling them what the expectations of this, the, the university is going to be and the do's and don'ts, what they don't want to happen uh, with your students. Because, you know, a, a bad experience for a student at a school could potentially mean that that person does not even enter the teaching career. And that is not what we want uh, ever to happen, you know. So um, if that person, that educator in his school, then um, can filter down that information to the specific educators who receive students in their classrooms, I think that will, would be largely beneficial to you guys when you actually do your practice teaching. I used to be a teacher, I used to teach for about 25 years before I started working at the, at the union. And I was one of those teachers who always used to get you know, students. And I absolutely loved it because I knew how important my role was to, you know, in the development of the student as becoming um, an educator. But unfortunately, the sad of it is not all educators um, have that heart. They, they, they do not uh, maybe think the same, but um, I think it's always going to happen. You're always going to have that um, one or two or three uh, educators not really buying into it, which is sad. 
but you guys need to report that so that your uh, university can actually go back to the school and say, that teacher at your school, Laureen Jordan, she she really was not good. Um, you know, it was not good for our student to do a, uh, her practicing in Laureen's class. And it's, it's important to report these things, you know. We cannot just slip this by. But to get focused again on, on the topic at hand, you know, it's also important that our students know um, because you are close to entering the profession, you know, that there is a, a quite a large uh, focus placed on the wellness of educators. Look, the reality is our educators, they struggle. It's not easy times. Um, there is an immensely big uh, admin load on our ed ed educators, you know, and then um, also the, 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 the disciplinary issues that, that educators need to deal with. So we as a, as a union, we have a number of years ago, we have recognized this as, 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 as one of our big focuses as well, you know. So the WCD in this regard has a, a, a big, wellness program that they run and all educators should know about this. So if anything happened or if an educator feels overwhelmed or struggle, you know, you can contact, you do not have to ask anyone's permission. You can contact, make contact um, with a wellness program of the WCD. And they are fantastic, you know, they have service providers in, in the field, private um, service providers, psychologists, uh, counsellors, etc, etc, and who will assist and who will provide support to educators. And it's important that you guys know that, that that is there for you. What is also uh, important is continuous professional development taking place, you know, things like focusing on, on self-care, because only a, a strong educator can be um, in charge of his or her class and ultimately learners, you know, so it really is um, um, important. I saw a hand again. Apologies. Um, yes. I think on the note of student teachers and in-service teachers, not specifically knowing what to do in very specific scenarios. Coming from you, who has a lot of experience with these cases, what are some tips that you would like to share with in-service and specifically pre-service teachers on how to handle violence um, in the classroom and on the playgrounds? Yeah, so basically we have a proactive approach, okay? And that is what our, everything that I have mentioned um, to you guys just now. But then there's also a reactive approach. And the reactive approach coming from, from us is where, where our members contact us and they, you know, explain what had happened. And then that, that narrative will determine how we will support that educator, you know? But besides that, there are basic tips which I share um, in my focus group when I work with the final year students, you know, I focus very much on classroom management, effective classroom management, because you need to, to, to distinguish between violence in schools and problematic disciplinary issues in schools. So the problematic disciplinary issues, those are the things that we can educate a, a student and assist them to prepare to, uh, for, for actual teaching. But the real violence in schools, there's not really much that I can say about that other than 
we need to deal with those cases one-on-one, you know? So basically, if we we look at uh, disciplinary issues in schools, and, and those are the issues that most teachers struggle with. So, so, so basically, the tips that I can give you is you need to know your rights. And how will you know your rights? You will know your rights by joining a union. And it, it's not, um, I'm not selling um, unions in no way, but in these days, an educator cannot be without the support of, of a union. It doesn't matter who the union is, as long as, as it is a union within the education sector. The educator must know, must make sure that they are known with the policies of the school, the reporting, the code of conduct, the line function. You know, I have made um, mention of, of those things. Um, they must know when reporting is done or when conversations take place with either with colleagues, with your principal, with parents. Make sure that you always have a paper trail. You know, paper trail is the most important thing for every educator to know. So say, for example, okay, obviously paper trail is easy when you converse with, say, for example, a parent um, via email, then you do have the paper trail. But the moment you have a conversation with your principal or with your deputy or with the parent, be clever enough to follow up that conversation with a very brief email stating, for example, I would like to just refer to our conversation today about dot, 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 and just dot it down so that it is actually taken up so that there is a paper trail. That's extremely important because, you know, if the Things explode in a teacher's face and facts, you you have information based on hearsay or uh, based on conversations which you have had with a person and there's no physical evidence. You're going to struggle, you know, if you uh, get a, a hearing or is being charged, if you have a physical proof, it's so much easier for you. Then if you go into your classroom, I want to say to students and to to educators, never, ever do you react in the way of shouting or screaming or belittling or threatening uh, a learner, etc. Because unfortunately, it it can be regarded as, as verbal assault. And if you look at the Employment of Educators Act, that is actually um, a serious uh, charge within Section 18 uh, of the Employment Educators Act. So, so, So we need to get you informed enough so that you can know how to safeguard yourself, you know. And then obviously never, ever lay a hand on a learner. Never ever because that's physical assault and the problem with physical assault is never mind the fact that you can be charged by your employer you can uh, a, a charge can be laid against you at saps and and then it becomes criminal and you absolutely do not want to go that route and the sad thing is um that's the reality of the times we live in parents actually do follow that route from time to time so yes we play place a high premium on effective classroom management and how to deal with that difficult learner, you know, adapt and how to adapt and embrace diversity and inclusivity in your classroom. Always to be prepared, you know, and to anticipate potential situations that may arise. Have a system of practicing um, sound values daily in your class. Just maybe, maybe you can um, change the mindset of that um, difficult learner in your class. You 
also always need to act consistently. You cannot today allow something and then tomorrow you want to be, be the strict person and then all of a sudden do not allow something, you know. You are the person who create the climate in your class. So you need to think about that and make the learners part of creating that climate in the class. The moment learners uh, um, form part of something like that, you know, they embrace it much easier. And then I think something that stands out for me is, is, is building your relationships. You need to have, try and build and have good relationships with your parents and with your learners and obviously also colleagues. Because the moment relationships are healthy, then, you know, many uh, parts of the uh, puzzle pieces fall fall um, together in that puzzle, you know. So, so really, you, it, it's an ongoing effort of getting mechanisms in place for effective classroom management. Don't ever uh, entertain that provocative learner because that learner wants to be in entertained in front of his classmates or her classmates. Know how to deal with that in uh, at a different stage. Um, time out is one option because uh, believe me, you are going to find yourself in situations where you are on the verge of exploding and, and you're not going to be entirely in control of your actions. So make sure that you can remove the learner from the class at that instance and there is time out for that learner to cool, time out, time for you to also just get time away from that learner. But I need to caution you. You do not send out a learner. Go sit in the passage or do whatever. Remember, you can be charged for that, unfortunately. Get your things, get your mechanisms in place. When I was a teacher, my direct colleague, the two of us, we had um, this, this um, thing between us. So my colleague knew when I arrived with a learner in his class, and said, just keep Johnny here for half an hour, whatever, in your class. He didn't ask questions. He knew what was the situation, and it was vice versa, okay? It was just a matter of we need to get distance between um, yourself and that learner, and that learner also need, needed to get distance from the situation that um, had just played out in the classroom. So that learner was under supervision, um, et cetera, et cetera. So timeout can be used effectively if you use use it in the correct way. What you also need to do is you need to try and establish what are the triggers of, of your learners that tend to act aggressive, you know, and work around that. Be mindful of it. You're very difficult and you're aggressive learners. Try and meet with the, their parents, with a senior colleague um, together and, and try and figure out what is the cause of it um, and, and try and make that part of how you will manage that learner, you know. It's, it's an effective way of dealing with, uh, uh, with violent behavior. If you can get the parents to buy into the, the, the bigger problem, okay? Um, a daily report system is fantastic, but we do not really have the time now to go into this, but it can be fantastic. Um, you know, always record all forms of interventions when it comes to dealing with uh, problematic situations with learners, disciplinary issues, aggressive behavior, etc etc once again 
If you record it, there is a paper trail. So I think effective classroom management, that is a whole uh, thing on its own. And, and, and I can speak about that. I'm very passionate about that. But I think I've touched on mostly of the, of the important issues. So I think uh, in a nutshell, you know, this is such a wide topic to speak about. Perhaps you have specific questions and I can just um, add on there. Otherwise, I think I've touched on everything that I thought I wanted to <laughs> raise this morning. Thank you so much, Lorene, for your time and sharing all your knowledge. I think just again, we learned how much structure and policies and support systems there are in place for us as pre-service teachers and practicing teachers for us to support us on this journey. So I just want to thank you for your time in our episode today. It's a big pleasure. It was really an honor speaking to you and I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much. We encourage our listeners to support and advocate for quality education, not only in South Africa, but around the world. Together, let us work towards creating an inclusive and empowering educational landscape where every student has equal opportunities to thrive. And we just again want to emphasize the key role that reporting will play in every situation that plays out in the school. If you found this episode insightful, we invite you to explore our previous episodes and stay tuned for future conversations with remarkable individuals who are making a difference in our various fields. Thank you, everyone. This was Star From Chatter, from our eyes to your ears.